Hey, I'm Michelle C. Smith, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you for joining us for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 605, the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Michelle C. Smith is going to be joining us. She's a stunt woman. She's a fight coordinator. She's an instructor. She has been on the films such as Deadpool, the TV shows uh, Supergirl, Motherland, all sorts of other ones. Michelle C. Smith is going to be joining us, so stick around for that. That's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And we have got a lot of things coming our way. I want to thank all the people who have been listening to On Screen and Beyond this season. We just started it. This is episode two of it. But, uh, of course, we have 605 episodes total. And uh, I hope you go back and listen to every single one of them because I'm sure there's going to be some of these people who you, you have listened or seen or you know, watched in movies or TV shows or heard in music and all that stuff. For example, Max Bear Jr., who played Jethro on Beverly Hillbillies. We've had him here on On Screen and Beyond. Meatloaf, who sadly has passed away, of course, but uh, Meatloaf was a guest here on On Screen and Beyond. Bob Barker, and uh, the list just goes on and on and on, and you can hear them tell their stories right here. So uh, hope you'll keep listening to On Screen and Beyond. Tell a friend about it. And be sure to like us and, uh, you know, do all that stuff on the social media and keep track of us. And uh, But mainly download, download and listen to every episode and have a good time doing it. And what do you say? It's uh, time to get into Remake Madness. Uh, we've got some things coming our way and uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. So um, it's coming up. Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness. Well, it looks like an animated remake of the classic tale of Heidi. Remember, up in the Alps and all that sort of stuff? That's in the works. And Netflix has just released the remake of 1930s World War I film, All Quiet on the Western Front. And, of course, that won an Academy Award way back when. And uh, they've redone it. And also there's a remake that's coming out, or they're, gonna work, they're working on it, I should say. Uh, a remake of 1990s horror comedy Arachnophobia, which originally starred Jeff Daniels in the lead role. And uh, that's currently in development. And that's it for Remake Madness. Like I say, it never stops. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies. Well, you can look for Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter to star in the action-packed film Plane. Now, this one is about a pilot who saves his passengers in a plane first from a lightning strike, only to have to land in a war-torn country, and then the passengers are held hostage. They're captive and uh, put into uh, being hostages, and then the pilot sets out to save the crew and the passengers. If that doesn't sound like a Gerard Butler movie, I don't know what does. And Ella Thomas of NCIS LA has joined the cast of Desperation Road with Mel Gibson. 
And that's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen or Beyond, sequels. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sequels. It looks like a sequel to the original George Romero 1968 film Night of the Living Dead is in the works. And it will be written by writer Latoya Morgan, who was a writer and producer of The Walking Dead. So that's going to be an interesting thing to see. And Henry Cavill has confirmed that he will be returning as Superman. And Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes will be the next installment of the Planet of the Apes franchise. And it will be directed by Wes Ball of the Maze Runner franchise. And that's it for sequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, it looks like Warner Brothers releases The Staircase, a limited series on December 27th on DVD. Amazing Grace, country stars sing songs of faith and hope in a 10-disc set with over 150 live performances, and it'll arrive on November 15th. And Ghosts, Season 1, flies on the DVD and Blu-ray on November 29th. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? (laughs) Movies on DVD, well, The Woman King, starring Viola Davis, hits digital on November 22nd, and it'll hit Blu-ray, DVD, 4K on December 13th. November 8th, you can look for Aqua Teen Forever Phantasm, and that's on 4K, Blu-ray, and digital. And Clerks 3 lands on DVD and Blu-ray on December 6th. And that's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, well, it looks like on November 14th, another season of the game show Tug of Words, hosted by Samantha Harris, comes to the game show network. And the director of Weird, the Al Yankovic story, says did absolutely no research on Al's actual life. That's a quote. And uh, <laughs> I guess that's, you know, they just make it all up, I guess. <laughs> and the Yellowstone origin series 1923 with Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren comes to Paramount Plus on Sunday, December 18th, exclusively on Paramount Plus. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we sit back and talk with Michelle C. Smith, who's a stunt woman, a fight coordinator, and she was in Deadpool and Motherland and Supergirl, and she uh, teaches uh, the art of staff 
and lightsaber stuff and all that. It's it's just amazing what she can do. Uh, those of you on TikTok and uh, Instagram and things like that probably already know what she does. And uh, she does a fantastic job. And she's coming up next to talk about her life, her career, and what she has going on. It is Michelle C. Smith next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond has been seen in many films and TV shows, including Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, Smallville, Deadpool, Supernatural, Arrow, Supergirl, The 100, and so many others. And she is also known for her TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube channels displaying her stunt work and film coordination skills. It's Michelle C. Smith. Michelle, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, Michelle, I have to tell you that I have always felt I've had several different, not, not a lot, but several different uh, stunt people on the show and mm-hmm. over the years. And stunt people, to me, are the unsung heroes of, of TV and movies because, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're taking the beatings. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are. <laughs> Why did you ever want to get into doing this uh, you know what what's what was the influence to, for this you know i i can't say that i had planned on becoming a stunt woman i knew that i wanted to work in film uh but i moved out to vancouver to start my professional career when i was 19 and i started as a professional dancer because i was gonna dance for the backstreet boys and then by the time i got to vancouver they weren't cool anymore so (laughs) danced for a few years and then I as I was sort of traversing the professional landscape I was looking for something a little bit more athletic than dance not saying that dance is an athletic but I had so many other skills because I used to be a baton twirler and I was just looking for something else Uh, and I got into circus arts which I started performing with a professional circus company in Vancouver called the Underground Circus. And then through circus, I started meeting stunt performers. And that's when even the job of being a stunt performer appeared for me. Like I hadn't, like I knew that the job existed, but I hadn't even considered it before. And then I started meeting performers and, uh, making friends, and at one point I was playing with swords, and was like, "I can do this. I should do this. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go this way." So for a long time, I was doing circus and stunts at the same time, and then eventually I let go of circus, and it was just full on stunts and film from then on, and here we are today. So I did. I don't know if I found circus or found stunts, but stunts definitely found me. Hmm. Yeah. It, it just amazes me uh, to see what you can do. I mean, I, I was looking at your oh, your uh, TV, uh, I mean, um, your internet uh, website and uh, different mm-hmm. things on Instagram and stuff, and it just uh, it just blows me away. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine <laughs> how you. you do that. Stuff. I mean, I can hardly walk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I would imagine that the starting at a young age doing your baton twirling. And dance 
really helps out on what you're doing. Is am I correct in assuming that? Absolutely, absolutely. It's I can't imagine not having those skills with me because it. it I, I didn't know it at the time when I was doing it, obviously, but that very unique and special combination of baton twirling and dance. And I also did a little bit of gymnastics because we had to be able to flip under our batons. Um, that set me up for a lot of the success that I've achieved today as an adult. Like it really set the ground and set the tone for what I'm capable of, what my body understands. And, and that's a really unique thing to have because baton twirling is so incredibly difficult, which is partly one of the reasons why I think it's not more of a popular sport than it is. Uh, but it, it requires so much dexterity and timing and coordination and mobility. And you have to be able to dance while spinning a baton. You have to be able to flip and still spin a baton. And so like, there's all these different neuromuscular programs that are happening all at once simultaneously while you're doing it. And uh, I trained a lot. Like it was my life. I was one of the best in Canada, one of the best in the world at it. And so that sport really set me up for success today where it was as actually when I was doing circus that I realized like, Oh, because of my background, I can learn to do absolutely anything. And obviously there's going to be like a learning curve to everything, but just having that confidence within my body where there's, there's nothing I can't do. I can learn things in a physical way very, very quickly. And it also set me up for film in a really great way. Whereas in baton and dance, I had so many routines that I had to memorize every year that now as an adult, I have a really big hard drive for choreography. So I can just pick up and make choreography really quickly because that's part of what I've been trained to do. And I realized as I've traversed my career, I'm like, oh, that is so unique out there in the world and and it's kind of it's kind of fun because i'm i'm the only one doing what i do but then i'm also the only one doing what i do so <laughs> it's a double-edged sword yeah wow i understand you are teaching people uh through your mm-hmm. tiktok and instagram and youtube uh to people to learn how to do this or, or you do it online yeah. can you explain a little bit about that how that works absolutely uh yeah so i started doing staff spinning tutorials uh, as a way of sharing my knowledge and and technique and expertise uh, that I learned from baton, but it's not the same thing, but it is the same thing. The actual physical skill uh, that is like spinning an object around your body, I think that is a a universal skill that I don't think people realize that just sort of comes naturally with any sort of weapons or tool handling that you may do. And then I have all this really deep knowledge from baton and it's always felt like it's not something for me to keep for myself, that it's something that I need to share. I need to make it more accessible. So I started doing video tutorials on YouTube back in like 2016 was the last, was the first time I posted one. And from there I've progressed to like online tutorials on my Instagram or my TikTok. And I also created the Freestyle Staff Academy, which is my online platform where students can come in. They can join a free course if they want, but I also have combo courses. There's a whole beginner and intermediate section, and and it's 
just a online community for people to come in and learn staff spinning because like I mentioned before, it does offer so many different attributes that is really beneficial to your life on a whole. You don't have to want to be an actor or stunt performer or cosplayer to want to spin a staff. It's just one of those skills that is really good for your brain, really good for your body. Your shoulders look amazing, but it's also something that really uh, calls out to our inner child. And I think that especially people my age that we're told that, no, you can't be a Ninja Turtle or a Jedi or a Ninja when you grow up and then you have to follow this certain career path. And what I really love is that staff spinning really allows you to open yourself up to that inner child that just wanted to like spin a staff and feel like a cool Donatello Ninja Turtle guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I think that that's a really healing place. And I obviously am very passionate about it and I love it. And it's been a huge part of my life and a huge huge part of my success and I just want to share that with other people and I love teaching it is the fate my favorite thing that I do it's what fills my heart and my soul more so than performing ever will and if I can find a way to reach people and and share these skills with people in a way that's going to empower and benefit and, and inspire them in their lives then like that is my purpose here that is what I do and I'm just lucky that I have such a large platform that I can share it with people because it's it's really a lot of fun it's been really a lot of fun to get to know the people who are joining me on this staff spinning adventure because it, there's just so many different people all around the world and and it's been one of my greatest joys of my career for sure hmm. yeah and it's 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 so graceful the way that you do it well, thank you um, <laughs> you know I mean baton twirling uh, is to me, and, and I'm no, you know, I'm no expert, so <laughs> people shouldn't listen to me. But it, it's it's very much like you know, the lightsaber people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. or any of those, you know, uh, just watching. The, or then I'm trying to think of some of the other movies. But there's so many movies out now where they're doing all these things with. Mm-hmm. lightsabers or, or staffs or whatever. And yeah. I can see how it all goes back to baton twirling. You know, when I was a kid, you know, you'd see a baton and you'd pick it up and you'd sort of, you know, you, you wouldn't even twirl it. You, you know, you just spin your hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I look like a fool, you know. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's just uh, it, it, everything now seems to be doing this. And, of course, they add the slow motion, which makes it look even more, <laughs> you know. Of course, yeah. Incredible. And you know what? I think that it's just that, for me, what I've noticed, especially with my Freestyle Staff Academy, is that people don't know they want to spin a staff until they see someone doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and it sparks an idea and they're like, oh, I might want to try that. And like, it's almost like you don't know what you want to do it until you're actually doing it. And you have a staff in your hand and, and you're learning in a way that makes the skill accessible to you. But what I see out there in the world and what I've experienced myself working in film is that there is a need and a want and a desire for some flashier weapons movement. It's just that the technique and the expertise has sort of never been accessible before and now that the internet is here and I'm putting out tutorials there's many other people uh putting out similar but not the same tutorials 
Uh, I think there's room for everybody. Uh, but I, I feel like now because we have so many of these superhero movies and we're, we're creating these shows in these worlds that are based around rules of engagement within the universes that are different from our own. So I do think, I do think that there's a lot of space for that extra flashy movement. And I get a lot of comments online of like, I'll, I'll post like a fancy lightsaber video or a staff video. And they're like, you'd never do that in a real battle or a real lightsaber fight. And I'm like, nobody's doing these things in a real battle or a real lightsaber fight. We know that it's just, it's all fantasy. Like let's just enjoy the fantasy. But what it does is, is it, it really, like I said before, the, the actual skill of it creates, attributes so for myself when I've been training martial arts like that awareness of having a weapon in my hand allows me to have greater weapon handling my distance is better my control of the weapon is better so it's not that it's useless but it does add a certain flair and texture and style to any sort of choreography that you're seeing online and and I'm a firm believer as someone that has been training movement and athletics and and art, artistry my entire life that any training and any knowledge that you bring in is always an asset the more you know the oh, yes. more you have to pull from yes. and and i think that's what some people are missing but i i'm starting to see it more and more like obviously uh, i'm working more and more <laughs> because for a long time when i started my stunt career I never did my specialty, which is weapons manipulation until like, just like a couple years before the lockdowns happened. And that was me having it as a specialty and people knowing that it was my specialty. Uh, but I had to really own it for that to happen. And you, you're starting to see more and more of it now. And I, I, I think it looks cool. What's wrong with having your fight look cool. And right. so what if it's, if it's not, true to real life none of these movies are no film fighting it's very rare that you'll get a film fight that is true to life because it isn't real life it is a simulated physical interaction like it is all choreography doesn't matter what you think or how realistic they they make it look yeah. so i i think there's just a lot more room for playfulness mm -hmm. in our in our lives i think we all need to play more i think we'd all be happier if yes. we were playing more <laughs> i agree with you <laughs> <laughs> now, is it hard to take, um, and, and uh, you don't have to give any names or anything, but some of the actors come in, um, and mm -hmm. they, you know, obviously they don't know how to do all this stuff, but is it, nope. so is it hard to take somebody who knows absolutely nothing of how to do a fight scene or anything like that, uh, and you're training them to do this in, in a, I presume, a relatively short amount of time, is it difficult to do that? Yes. You know, it really depends on the person and what their physical and athletic background is. I've worked with actors before who have a bit of a dance background. Some people even have a martial arts background. And obviously, the learning curve is going to be much quicker. And we're going to be able to get to more advanced movement mm -hmm. and have them feeling confident in what they need to do much quicker than somebody that comes in and, and is like, hey, I've never done this before. I'm feeling a bit nervous. And and wherever they're at is totally okay because that is not their job. They didn't choose to become professional athletes like my uh, stunt peers and colleagues. So they chose to be an actor. Their job is not the physical 
side of things, they just happen to get booked on a job that is a physical job. So it's really important for me specifically as the coach and instructor to meet them where they're at. If they've never done any movement before, then we're going to really slow things down and pull things back. And like, we don't have a lot of time. You're totally right. But there's a way that you can offer them some of the fundamental shapes and basics and movements that they will experience in any sort of choreography that's going to help them feel more confident and empowered on the day. Because that's the most important part. Like this, these actors are the face of these productions. They're the one with a lot, they're like, they have a lot of pressure on their shoulders. They have a lot of people asking them of different things. And so you want to make sure that when they show up on the day to do these fight scenes, that they feel good because if they feel good and they feel confident, it's going to read as such. However, uh, the, the actors that have less of a movement background, obviously we're going to try and keep their movement as simple as possible and, I, I've said it a lot, even to my stunt peers, is simple often works better, especially in a film fight, because your editors and your camera team may not know how to shoot the action. So if you can keep things simple, yet still effective and creative, that's the real sweet spot. So if we have an actor that hasn't done very much movement before and they might be struggling in rehearsal, we're going to keep it very, very simple for them make sure that they feel confident in what they're doing. And then we may lean a little bit heavier onto the stunt doubles to sort of capture the general bigger movement, the more aggressive movement. Mm. And now when we have actors that are quite capable, and I've worked with many who are quite capable of doing the entire fight themselves, that's always going to be a, a nice space for us to go in because then we don't have to rely on doubles. We don't have to worry about hiding faces and making sure that we're seeing our actor, if our actor can do it all the way through safely, depending on what it is. We're not going to make an actor hit the ground, obviously. Right. But if, if that actor can do it proficiently and feel good and confident in it, that's obviously our best case scenario. So it is based differently on each individual actor. It's a position that I love. I love working with actors. I love training actors because there is a huge gap between these actors being hired and all of a sudden they come in for a two-hour rehearsal and they're required to learn choreography and then be able to perform it at the same time as they're doing all these other things. Like, it's so stressful. And so I find that there's a big gap of, of some performers not having the time or the desire to train actors appropriately and the actors not having the time to train appropriately so i'm trying to bridge that gap and, and just make it more of a cultural thing where the actors are just training on a regular basis and i've had that on other shows i did that on motherland uh for the first two seasons and the actors had a really great time and they looked amazing and they were so confident and they looked so good when they were moving and it's just about opening that door to creating the space for everybody to learn so that we can all do our best work because we're all working on the same project. We all have the same goal. We're a team. And, and if our actors can feel good and feel confident, that is helping the stunt team out. We don't have to worry so much about them hurting themselves. And, and we're just going to have a much more cohesive and enjoyable environment. And then it's also going to look way cooler if, if our actors are doing most of the work. So. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it, it's going to be different on each actor, but I, everybody's capable of doing something, I will say. Well, it, and the thing is, is that 
even you know you said that sometimes they'll should be shown the basics and then you'll have a stunt double do the the, the, t- the tough stuff but even the yeah. basics they have to look good because for example uh, i was doing yoga pilates that type of thing for in a class one time mm-hmm. and when i first went well for the whole time because i never got good at it <laughs> but um, <laughs> the uh you know everybody looks so graceful and you know and and if you don't teach them the basics so their so their leg is straight when they're you know, they're going to look like it's a comedy as opposed to being a real fight scene. So, you know, you've really mm-hmm. got your work cut out for you. Yeah. Well, luckily, I really enjoy that work. But I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again where I get into these rehearsals. An actor comes in and they're just being shown the choreography. But then this actor who may not have an athletic background has no context of, like, why you may be doing certain movement or why you may move your feet in a certain way. Why do you want to twist from your hips and not just use your arms? And so that's why I like to pull it all back and just go to straight basics first. Like this is your stance. This is why you're going to stand like that. Your hands are generally going to be here and you know, you're the actor on camera. So you might want to place your hands a little bit differently than if you're in a real fight, like all these little details but you're right, it sort of comes over time. So the more they're exposed to that information, the more they're going to be able to pick it up. But it's really, I, like, I really feel for these actors that get one two-hour rehearsal to learn a 30-second fight, and then they just have to perform it. And like that's stressful even for me. And my whole life has been movement and learning choreography. I don't want to put them through that. Yeah. And so, if yeah, if, like I, if I can help change that culture and the environment to provide a little bit more of a platform for actors to be working more cohesively with the stunt teams, then like the entire experience is going to be better for everybody. I just don't want my actors to go out there and feel anxious or nervous about what they're doing because it reads on camera. Like the camera picks up everything and I want them to have fun. I want them to discover the joy of movement and, and the joy of, of playing in movement. Mm -hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, back, in, I've had several. Like I said, I had uh, I've had several uh, stunt people work uh, on the mm-hmm. on the show to to uh, talk to us about that. And uh, the ones that were the older ones back, you know, from shows in the movies in the fifties and the forties and you know sixties, yeah. <laughs> you know, way, the way back ones. Um, they it was always men that did mm-hmm. the stunts and or you know most of the time, and they would play the women. Now, of course, things have changed, mm-hmm. and, and women deservedly are doing just as hard, or if not harder, stunts than the men yep. are. But uh, have you ever done a stunt double work or, or anything where you had to play a man? Uh, have I? N- not as a stunt double. Does it ever have... happen? really and like very rarely nowadays it's very faux pas to have men doubling women or uh 
different ethnicities doubling other ethnicities, mm-hmm. which back in the day they would just do because right. they needed somebody to get the job done. Now that that doesn't happen and it shouldn't be happening. Uh, but I did book an acting role on a show called Fringe where yeah. <laughs> I as a woman getting attacked by a monster in the alley, in an alley, and then they, I thought I did a great job, and the casting director was like, oh, what's your availability? And I was like, yeah, it's cool. And so you walk out of there thinking you're cool. Then I got an email saying that they're not going to book me for the role of the woman. They wanted to book me for the role of the monster. And that monster had been played only by men, but by four different people because it's a bit of a shapeshifter monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I booked the role as her and I was wearing like that monster was supposed to be a, a man. And so I was wearing like men's clothing and even though I was me and because it was a shapeshifter, I think they could get away with that. And this was like back in like ooh, 2010, 2011, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that was my only real experience. Yeah. with that well, it, was, um, it was a bit of a, a bit of a 180 from the part i auditioned for right because you know back in the 60s and the 50s whatever when they do you know the westerns or anything like that you, you could always tell that you know whichever actor it was supposed to be when they had somebody or if it was a, a, a woman and a, a man mm-hmm. stunt man was doing the work for her stunts you know and you know they were always different you know the guy was big and the woman was small. <laughs> and you know, yeah. if you were yeah. a lot, if you watch closely, you're saying this isn't right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the the movie magic just wasn't the same as it is today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've done a lot. Like I said in the beginning of the the introduction, uh, you've been in a lot of films and TV shows. Uh, is there one that was the most challenging for you? Ooh, they're all challenging in their own way. I think that. The, the more challenging ones are usually the ones where you're really having to battle with the elements. Uh, for instance, I worked on the first season of C, which is a Apple TV plus show with Jason Momoa. And our whole, our whole agenda for what we had to do in the show was basically everyone on the show was, has been sightless for hundreds of years. That means all of our fight scenes and all of our movement throughout the world had to be done as a sightless person. And that was a really big challenge. I was on the core team, so we were working before the show even went to camera trying to figure out how do we fight? Like, how had we evolved to be in combat and in our world if we don't have the ability of sight? And that was a really challenging question to answer. And then for a lot of the show, I'm in a lot of the episodes in season one. You can't see me because I'm wearing a helmet. Uh, But we went out and we had to do all this establishing because there's a lot of battles in it. So we had to establish uh, some of the warriors in battle. And I was one of those warriors. And we were out in the middle of nowhere in the most beautiful location. But it was cold and wet it was around this time a couple of years ago i think it was like 2018 and you're outside all day in these like just flimsy costumes it's pouring rain or it's snowing or like you're standing in a literal river or those things where you really have to 
battle with the elements just to get through your day and you're doing it day after day after day after day where like you're the coldest you've ever been but you're that's what you're doing today like what are you gonna do like like there's not not a lot that you can do aside from like make sure you put on your layers and and make sure that you're wearing like your little hot shots or a lot of people have heated vests and stuff and and like those kind of things i find are the most challenging where you have to for a whole like however long you're on that location and in that scene you have to really rise above your body's natural instincts of like i'm so cold right now i don't know what to do and your body starts to panic you have to you have to go above that and and find a place of peace and and i find that for me it's just better to be super present in the day and and i'm not thinking about how cold i am mm-hmm. i'm just here i'm i'm in the forest what a beautiful location i'm just going to do my job really well as best as i can in these conditions and i find that those are the most challenging days there's obviously days where you're about to do something and you're terrified and <laughs> it happens to the best of us um but that same mentality runs through those days where you're about to do a gnarly gag and you're and you're a little bit nervous about it. You have to go above the nervousness and just go into a space of presence and peace and, and trust and trust that you're going to be okay. Trust that all of the parameters that you've put in place to keep everybody safe, keep yourself safe, is going to hold you throughout the gag and the gig and and that you're going to be okay on the other end of it. And like, I, for me, the most challenging part has been the mental space mm. of just getting into the right head space to do my job on the day, whatever it may be. The glamour of Hollywood, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 16 hours in, in like, <laughs> like ice water is not a great time. Right. Well, Michelle, I want to finish up with uh, two final questions taking mm-hmm. us away from uh, all your your stunt work that you've done and your TikTok and your Instagram and your 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 skills that you have that are incredible but when you sit back and relax what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past and what's your favorite movies now and of the past ooh i just finished house of the dragon mm-hmm. um i'm feeling a little uh, after that last episode uh <laughs> i love shit creek mm-hmm. uh never felt so seen as when david rose came on screen i love david um i love the umbrella academy i'd love to work on the umbrella academy for sure i think it's like a fun quirky weird show and i I like that kind of thing i love that it's a universe that anything goes in there and the costumes are fantastic uh i love the i love the idea of it so yeah i'd love to work on umbrella academy uh I wasn't a Game of Thrones until the last season, but House of the Dragon has redeemed it for me. Uh, Schitt's Creek, I tend to move towards more comedies uh, because I find that when I'm watching TV shows or movies, I'm working while I'm watching or I'm seeing things in it or I'm wondering how they did that. However, the comedies feel enough of a removal from the stunt world that I live in that I can watch it just as is. So, relax, yes, um, just relax. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just like just laugh. So I love I love like comedies like Schitt's Creek, uh, Parks and Rec, The Office, Scrubs were always favorites of mine. I don't watch a lot of TV and movies. Uh, in terms of movies, what movies do I like? Uh, I'm I'm all into like 
the Lord of the Rings sagas. I love those long trilogies where you really get to know characters and you you watch their arc over time. Um, I I don't necessarily love all the action shows, mostly because it just feels like I'm at work uh, when I'm doing that. (laughs) But like batman returns came out in like 1992 i was all about that i think i was like eight at the time and catwoman was amazing and and so like those are movies that i'll return to frequently is like batman returns i love v for vendetta um yeah that movie is great i don't know why more people aren't talking about it these days because it's kind of on point um (laughs) Yeah, I like I I love those like long sagas where you you really get to know characters mm-hmm. and such. Yeah. But yeah, a comedy a comedy is always where it's at for me. I just want to laugh. Yeah. Well, we all need a good laugh now and then. That's for sure. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, Michelle, where can people find you on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, uh, your website, any any certain thing, or just uh, Google you and and you'll come up, or what? <laughs> Well, my Instagram and TikTok handle is the same. It's at michelle.c.smith on YouTube. Just look up Michelle C. Smith or Michelle Krista Smith. You'll find me. I'm there. And I have my Freestyle Staff Academy, which is freestylestaffspinning.com. If you want to join the free course because it's free and you just want to learn to spin a staff, it's uh, freestylestaffspinning.com slash free course. And then there's my personal website, which is michellecsmith.com. And that's, that's pretty much all the, all the places. All right. and, and if you go to any of my social media, it will link you to all the other places you need to go. Makes it a lot easier that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Michelle, I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, I wish you luck on the, on the future shows. Oh, do you have anything coming up that uh, we should be looking out for? That's one last question. Oh, what am I working on? I'm training actors on Spiderwick right now, but probably won't see that for a, a little while. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm like suddenly blanking on like what. <laughs> I know. I threw that out at the last minute here. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, just follow me online. You'll figure it all out. All you'll, right. You'll figure it out. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I really do appreciate it. Awesome. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. And I want to thank Michelle C. Smith so much for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond and giving us a look behind the scenes of of, of a stunt woman and uh, the you know the, the the stuff she teaches is just incredible. If you haven't seen it, go to her website or uh, look look her up on TikTok and see what she does. It's it's just incredible. It's it's just, I, I don't know. I just can't I just can't say enough about what she does. And uh, like you say, she's a fight coordinator, she's a stunt double, and, and just so many other things she's done. And uh, we appreciate her taking the time to talk to us. Be sure to check her out on uh, all the stuff that she does. And uh, next week, we have another incredible guest joining us once again. And uh, I'll tell you this much, uh, if you enjoy Grease, you're going to love this episode of On Screen Beyond coming up next week. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming your way, so we hope you keep listening to On Screen and Beyond. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Facebook. 
and on Twitter. And also go to onscreenandbeyond.com and you can uh, hear our episodes. Go to your favorite provider, though. I still haven't worked completely all the episodes onto the website, uh, the old connections there. Like I, some of you may know that uh, we switched over from one internet provider to a website provider to another one and i'm in the process of switching everything over so it's still not done but uh the best thing to do is go to your uh, provider for the podcast and then you'll see all the episodes all 605 currently uh episodes of on screen and beyond and you can find them all there but the website uh, i am updating that constantly so uh, eventually we'll get that all caught up so that's it. We appreciate you listening. We hope you will tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond. And until next time, when do we once again take you on screen and beyond? I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care.